Ladies and gentlemen, this is the BU Hockey Show. Thanks for one-timer. Down low for Cockrell. In front, Curry scores! BU moving it well, and a shot and a goal! Mueller deeks, saved by Schroeder! Got an opportunity for a shot, and she scores! Welcome into episode 8 of the BU Hockey Show. My name is Patrick Donnelly. With me, as always, is Brady Gardner. Brady, how are we today? We are dandy, Patrick. Dandy? We're because dandy. we started break, winter break? That's right. Here we are. We're back at home for the people who definitely can't see us. Probably can tell a difference uh, with our I voices. Mean, I'm still here. But we're home. I'm still Actually, here. Actually, it's true. You've never yeah. left. I'm home. I never left. Um, hopefully, we'll be back next semester. Um, but yeah, episode eight, we got number eight, Kalmakar, behind me for you know a little hockey East alumni, a little, little episode eight action. Got, again, but no we, one can see that unless we tweet no it. No one but, can yeah. see that, but unless we tweet it. They'll see it in the clips we tweet out. Um, sure. Uh, now but, I have to make a clip of that. <laughs> Great. We don't have, no, we don't have to clip that. They'll just see it in a in any clip oh, we tweet out. That's, that's true. Saying. Good point. Any any clip. Um, but not a whole lot to get to in this one. Probably a little closer to the target time that we wanted to keep in the uh, first few episodes before we got through those league and team previews. Um, just got, you know, women's hockey lost bad to UConn on Friday night. And uh, men's hockey obviously still hasn't played. And Hockey East dropped some news on us yesterday. In fact, they added games to this weekend's schedule. And everybody who was originally supposed to play is still playing. Love it. That's the dream right there. But let's do the women's first. We should stick with BU Hockey as the title of the show. Uh, And that was an embarrassment at UConn. What was the final score? I don't have it up, actually. I really should. Um, I believe it was 4-1. And it should have been much higher. It should have been worse. Um, here, let me get right here. It was four to one the final at UConn, uh, and it was just a game where, like, yeah, BU had possession and they had zone time, but you never really felt like they were that much of a threat, you know. And, and you're missing a couple players, yes, with your promising freshman Lacey Martin and your star player Jesse Comfer, as well as some depth defense and Julia Shaughnessy. But you should still be a fine team with everybody else. We've talked about your depth, and you just didn't have anything really going. Uh, I don't know. It's uh, it's the kind of game that you're glad that they have three weeks off after. Yeah, and on that point about missing comp for Martin and Shaughnessy, that was a little odd. Um, we mm. see the pregame lines, and you know, oh, you only have 11 forwards um, because obviously Emma Wuthrich is recovering from offseason surgery, um, and then you only have six defenders, which is not great against the talented UConn team. And I guess, um, you know, asking coach, are they injured? But what's up there? Um, they're not positive for coronavirus, but maybe they were in contact with somebody, so they had to stay home in Boston. Yeah, uh, that's and he was speculation. Very maybe about they were too. in contact. Yeah, just straight out. I was out, surprised you know. he was so honest with it because it feels like that's the kind of thing you say. Oh yeah, just taking some uh, some cautions there, and that'd be it. Um, but it seems like I feel it was like COVID you have related. to be honest with the with these things. Um, I, yeah, that's true. With COVID, okay. unless it's the NHL going on the unfit to play. Um, well, that's what like, I was oh, going oh, by. COVID. Like. Uh-huh. It's been such like a secret for every sport so far. So the fact that he just kind of came out and said, yeah, it's a COVID concern. Um, but I guess that's kind of how Hockey East has been operating. It's been very open this whole time, which I do appreciate. But I think every sport aside a... from the NHL has been very open about it. Okay. Yeah, I guess that's true. I mean, the NFL, you know, Schefter and Rappaport every every day saying players are testing positive. You know, yep, same thing in the NBA with, Sh- with Shams and Woj and the league announcing it too. And then MLB, MLB was just obviously, a, was every just player a, getting it. <laughs> every player got it. And Basically. then the NHL was the only one who was like, nope, nobody knows, unfit to play. And evidently, nobody tested positive once they got to the bubble. But Yeah. Well, um, regardless, uh, it, it was the smart move, obviously, keeping them home. We're not saying they should have gone, but it is oh, a yeah, little scary. Not. You know, your second weekend of the season, and it's like, oh, we don't even have a full lineup here. 
Like, I mean, it could be a sign of things to come. Welcome like, to like, the rest of the league. That's what it's been like everywhere else. When you um, don't have too many scratched players, like, that's probably what's going to happen. If you have, you know, people that live in a six-person suite or something and one person gets it, the other five have to quarantine. It's just how it is. You know, that, that could make some interesting lineups throughout this season. This isn't going to be the only yep. time it happens. I doubt it. Um, but back to the game, you know, yep. that, that first period, they they looked okay. You know, they dominated most of the possession time and had most of the zone time. But just, again, you couldn't get anything going offensively. Um, Natalie Snodgrass finally wakes up and kind of takes control of that game. And you're all of a sudden in a 2 nothing hole, and then you come out in the second period. It's not much better. Um and obviously, you know, like we said, it could have been worse. Kareen Schroeder did make some de- like made some decent saves, but overall, not her best night at all. Um, those eighteen saves on twenty two shots, something like, something like that. Um, twenty five. So, so twenty one on twenty five. Yep, twenty one saves. Not great. Oh no! What eighteen? I thought it was, I oh, thought yeah. it was eighteen on twenty two. Eighteen for Schroeder, three for McGuigan. There you go. Three for McGuigan. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the story of the game. I mean, we don't have to go over much of the travesty well, just, of the first so two one, periods. One last like travesty thing. B only had 22 shots on net, which you're going to need more than that against, you know, a goalie who's really not exactly that impressive in Tia Chan. Like you got to test that kind of goaltender. Well, um, I mean, and you only had me. seven shots, nine shots, five shots in each period. That's not going to do it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I'm trying to find Tia Chan's numbers because I had them in the game story, but she had done pretty well through her first two career starts. Um, yeah, well, I guess two career starts, though. I mean, freshman goaltender. So maybe we don't really know what we have there yet. Uh, but but it's not, you know, one of these goals right. that just, oh, we're going to have to beat her with our best stuff. You know, let's make sure we get the best possible shots. Like test her a couple times, get some shots on. They didn't really do that enough for me. No, I, I agree. Um, and through her first two starts before this game, Tia Chan had a 934 save percentage and a 199 goals against. Okay. Um, both yeah. in both in losses to Providence and BC, or a loss and a tie, something like that. Yeah, good um, teams, but you're not going against the slouch here. But again, freshman goalie tester, mm-hmm. just throw throw anything and everything on her tips and rebounds, um, especially against the team she hasn't seen before, shooters she hasn't seen before. Um, so I, I get that. Um, overall, the first two periods, like we said, kind of a travesty, not really worth talking about. They just the first period, like we said, they came out they. Dom- pretty much dominated possession, nothing to show for it. You go down to nothing, and then you come out in the second. And you came out flat as anything, and UConn just kind of took control of the game. And in the third period, you know, coach said after the game, "I'm not going to let you leave the all-star goalies out to dry." And Nicole McGuigan, her first action in two seasons, Woo! keeping That's the one thousand, keeping the one thousand save percentage up. She's now nine for nine, I believe, on her career, eight for eight, something like that. She made three saves in this game. One staring down Natalie Snodgrass. Uh, she skated around i'm not sure who that was on the fence maybe andy Colaroni. just zipped right by her you know a little backhand forehand try and pull her dead to rights and nicole mcguigan the cross crease push yep. stones her on the doorstep staring down one of the best players in the league and making the stop and natalie snodgrass mind you had a goal and two assists after going over across the scoreboard for through the first four games yeah that's you know their best player there coming down on your third goalie and she just stoned her like right leg yeah. you know put the pad out there it was a nice save it, that was you know that made the game worth watching in the third period um with having nicole mcguigan in the game and seeing i mean that you know, save was the most do. excited i got all game well exactly like at least we had something to be a little positive about um but other than that yeah there wasn't much going for bu yeah and after the game you know coach talked highly of uh 
McGuigan again. We've I've said this before, but you know, just by and large, I've never spoken to her myself, but by and large, seems like one of the best teammates or and best people in the locker room on that team. Um, and you know, good for her. That's right, good for her, but uh, bad for BU. They're gonna need these uh, these weeks off, probably reset a little bit, and then uh, and then come back with. You know, a little bit of knowledge of, of what you need to work on here, and that's kind of what I asked Coach DeRocher after that game, because at least now you've seen your team in competitive action, you need you know what you need to work on. Uh, and these seem like fixable mistakes, too. Like, shoring up the defense should come with time, uh, and of course you're going to get the offensive players going as well. I haven't seen a ton from the likes of Christina Schuler, Courtney Correa, Nara Elia yet, uh, but you assume that they'll Korea's come into good. it. Korea's been good. Korea's has three assists in three games. Is she? Okay, she, never mind. She's, the whole re- she's half the reason they... they broke the shutout it was an it was a nice play off the draw uh korea loses the draw but nearest hunts down the four on the four check strips the yukon defender of the puck not sure who it was but straight up stripped him of the puck great takeaway yep. there feeds korea um bottom of the circle touch pass because sold the shot but still a touch pass to mckenna parker on the doorstep wide open net so she's been pretty okay. good it just she hasn't converted any herself and there was one in that second yukon game where all she she had the entire net to redirect it into and redirected it right into butillier's pads Mm, yeah so i take that one back but just some of your more veteran players kaylee donnelly you know others where they're gonna get their legs going eventually and they'll be back to the team that we expect them to be just isn't the most strong start here from bu but you know i don't think it's time to really go go crazy here and, and start you know firing off the uh sos signals you know i think we'll be yeah fine. no and and especially where you know we're i'm kind of dipping into the news where you know these first three games were technically flex games and they didn't mm-hmm. count but now flex games are no more and everything counts towards the standings but it doesn't matter that much because you're making the tournament ev- anyways the league announced everybody's making the tournament yes um, but it's still not great to all of a sudden be one and two in conference after you thought you're still zero <laughs> zero well um, i don't think they played any differently though you know right right and those games could have always become conference games which is probably going to happen because it was unlikely that you were going to play 20 games against 10 different opponents. It's just how it is. Or what is it for them? It's nine opponents, 18 uh, games. It was 18 games against, so, yeah, nine opponents. Nice. And then you had the, the four flex games. Right. Okay. Um, but so. at this point, the league's hand was kind of forced to get rid of flex games. So talk about a transition. Let's get into the news from yesterday. Smooth. Um, the league announced that, of course, flex games are no more. Every team on both sides of the conference will make the tournament. And every game now, since flex games are no more, will count towards the overall standings, which kind of creates a little bit of a discrepancy of how we're figuring out the standings. I'd assume it turns to points percentage now because not everyone's going to end up with the same amount of games at this point. Right. That's my um, guess. But I think it's a good t- contingency plan. It is. And I think they definitely got ahead of what was becoming a problem uh, because they could have easily tried to run this out and, and see you know how it goes into like February when you're going to have the BU men's team, probably the biggest example of it, trying to catch up and play 20 games in 60 days or something crazy like that. Like, like it wasn't going to happen. You weren't going to be able to play 20 games for every team for the men and 18 for every team for the women's, uh, of conference games anyway, right? There were going to be a lot of teams that had, you know, plenty of games played and some that were really struggling to get, in, get, to get them in. So it's nice that they're kind of realizing that early on here and making the changes to allow for it. This is, I was thinking, kind of like uh, Greg Carvel's suggestion, but a little bit of a compromise. We talked about it last week where he was like, we can play, why aren't we playing? Like, well, here you go, coach. You got a matchup now this week, uh, and you can any week your team's ready to play. You just find a team and you play. It's great. Yeah, and, you know, the league said, or the league now has the flexibility where 
any any game can count where you know they can try and get as many teams to play as possible like you said and they're gonna still hope to get every team to play each other at least twice um and you know it mm-hmm. takes away as brian smith told me um it takes away some of the discrepancy of our games being rescheduled or are they canceled altogether um because you know there was there was some of that because vermont and the umass games were taken off bu's schedule completely and nowhere else in the rest of the season so you know there's some confusing stuff there that they kind of get rid of in that debate um and I, I think like you know they've they've harped on flexibility so far this season and this just gives them that much more of it yeah the only concern for me is the strength of schedule question uh because you might have times when like bc and umass are available and so given these new principles it's like okay well they should play each other but they've already played each other umass ended up on the worst end of that greg carver well, wasn't too happy about it so like what if that happens again and then umass slips down the standings because they had to play this juggernaut in bc more times than anybody else or what if you know another team let's say it's always you know uvm always plays against um you know maine or whatever so maine beats up on uvm or whatever it's gonna be i don't know uh, and so then one team's record is inflated compared to another's who might be a better team. Like, there's a whole strength of schedule argument that's going to be a complete mess. But it's better than the mess that you would have had if you kept it the same. So it's picking yeah, poison so, a little bit. But... Oh, never mind. I thought Mass. I thought UMass already played Providence because I thought you already. we already dipped into that because they wiped off the UMass-Providence games this weekend to give UMass... Uh... UVM and give Providence Northeastern since which those I don't two understand. Teams. I don't. I don't. I don't, get that. I don't know why you don't just put Northeastern and UVM together and why you scratch PCU Mass. But whatever, right. they're playing. They were supposed to play. They're still playing, so it's fine. Um, but yeah, I mean, just overall, like I think I felt like their hands were forced. Like you said, get ahead of it while you can, because um, you've had 28 games. I guess now technically 30 because they scratched PC and UMass those two games. You've had 30 games from the original schedule now. Not played. Um, <laughs> How many total have been played? This is the men's schedule. Yeah. <laughs> all that red, all those crossouts, all those substitutions. Oh my god! Through the first now five weekends of the season, you've had thirty games affected. This is the women's. Um, Twenty games affected. You and but what's awesome is you added games this weekend, so it it doesn't doesn't matter that much. But or now it doesn't matter that much. But it's it's a skeleton. The schedules they're skeletons of what they were. Exactly, and I would not want to be the people in the hockey East offices right now trying to figure all this out because I'm sure that they have you know those pieces of paper like you have there flying around trying to piece together the schedule. So this makes it a little easier on them too. Like they're not trying to figure out, oh, well, if Maine can't play against Providence this weekend, maybe we can move it into February when they were going to play against Merrimack, and then we can have the other team play against UMass. Like I would not want to be doing that any more than they've already had to do it. So they're kind of just saying, never mind, everybody, just play against who you could play against we'll sort it out at the end and i do think that's the better way to go yeah and you know not to you know shameless plug here i have this article up on nbc boston about the start uh, of the season you can go check he's it big out big time on us um, this is wtvu sports patrick don't big time us with your nbc boston please okay um <laughs> but but like like you said i don't envy the schedule makers at all because i i helped i had you help me with my research to try and figure out what has gone on with these postponements like how many have there been what total has been and I was still confused after you did all that legwork. And I finally, I just had it in front of my face the whole time, just print out the, the original schedules and figure it out. But, oh my God, these people must be, their heads must be spinning, the schedule makers. And, I mean, yeah. yours too. You missed, like, you've been doing all the crystal balling with the schedule and been pretty much right for the most part, aside from, mm-hmm. I guess, this weekend. Yeah, um, 75% I'd give myself, so, but 
I mean, yeah, you're hitting I mean, well, you're hitting well over 300 here. Um, <laughs> you 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 are in the run for the triple crown, but yeah, I don't know where I go from here. I really don't cuz nothing means anything. Like any game can be played at any given time. If your school's available and their school's available, you could play. I guess they're going to try I mean, that's kind of what we've been doing the whole time. Now they're just now they just have a system for it. Or now they have a well, word yeah, for it, I guess. But it, okay, well, that's fair enough. Um but it's just like now the the problem shifts from okay well they had flex flex games at this time so that they can now have an actual series then but against a different right. team than it would have been so they no longer have that issue but now they have the issue of which teams are playing against who when like when BU comes back they're still gonna have the issue where BU isn't gonna be able to play everybody it's just not realistic so how do you decide who they do get to play you know I, I don't I, know I mean, how that's all gonna work out I guess you're saying you assume they play everybody by other games getting canceled um they which i mean know. it's safe to it's safe to assume though that this isn't the end of it i mean you hope they find yeah. some sort of a groove here like they did this weekend where they didn't i mean technically nobody's being canceled um not yet i mean you hope this is the start of some sort of group but it's an it's inevitable there, there's going to be more cancellations and postponements down the road um yeah. i guess internally they're saying not being played um because there's that debate um but i mean it, it's a start and it, I, yeah, like we said, like we've again, just back to the point, it gives them so much more flexibility. Mm-hmm. This is what it was going to come down to. And and we said it last week a little bit, too, when BU had to cancel the UMass series. Um, and you, you never know, like BU's going to have to cancel more down the road. It's just it's what's going to happen. It's inevitable. Uh, so they weren't going to be able to fit in every series that was scheduled. So this kind of thing where you weren't going to play your full amount of games like other teams might play uh, and this, the playoff standings are going to look different. Like this was all coming. So I guess now the question is, what do you do when you get to the playoffs? Is it by points percentage? Um, is there a strength of schedule tie-in somehow? I don't know how you do that. Um, like, I have no idea how the playoff seating is going to work out, but maybe that's like a March question, you know? Like, play yeah. what you can right now. We'll get as many teams, you know, playing and, and as many games done as we can, and, uh, and we'll sort it all out at the end. That's probably the best way to do it. And we still don't know if they're giving some sort of a buffer between the conference tournament and the regular season to try and make yeah. up some games, well, you know? You figure which, it all depends could, on the national tournament, right? Because yeah, usually there's a quick I, turnaround I, there. I, I doubt the national tournament's happening this year. Why? Um, Why not? If you can get all these leagues and all these different teams that have all their own protocols together safely, if you can find a way for that to happen safely, yeah. I guess everyone quarantines or isolates before you go off to the national tournament, sure. It it's going to have, have to be a bubble. a bubble of some sort. Yeah, it's going to have to be a bubble of some sort. Yeah. And before but you even go to the bubble, teams, everyone's right? going to have to... I mean, 16 teams from around the country. Okay, yeah, but those 16 teams... With, like... diff- with different protocols in every single state. Different sure, protocols yeah. to with different leagues. The NCAA may have their own protocols. Hockey East has their own protocols. Big Ten has their own protocols. Different schools have their own protocols. Like, you know, some schools have... You have to wear masks during games. Some schools, you don't have to wear masks during games. It's True. it's a lot you ha- it's a lot of logistics you have to get ironed out and it wouldn't I'm just saying it wouldn't shock me if there is no national tournament this year. Oh yeah, well nothing wouldn't will shock, shock you. At all. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. Like 16 teams, you figure they're all serious enough about it and the chance to win a national tournament. I mean, hockey can barely send their handle 11. The huh? league can barely handle 11 right now on on the on the men's side and I guess Well, because the they're side. trying they're trying to do a long-term thing over 4 months here rather than one tournament single elimination where true. it's done in 3 weeks, you know. And, and assuming in a bubble. 
Yeah. But then so it's the whole point to... of who's hosting the bubble. Is the bubble just going to be where the host city was supposed to be? But no. even then, you're not you're not there until the Frozen Four, so you can't lock down that arena for three weeks. Yeah, I guess. Assu- assuming there's going to be pr- like I don't know where it is this year, but you're I think it's back in Pittsburgh, maybe. Um, but you're assuming there's going to be NHL hockey by that time, so it's, it's going to be mm. that much harder to hammer down an arena. Maybe you just go to the site of the top seed, or maybe you just go to the NCHC bubble. Yeah, are they actually doing that? Yeah, it's actually going pretty well, I think. Oh, wow. I didn't even know they were there. Yeah, they're huh. at Omaha. Do you think hockey should have done a bubble, Patrick? Ooh. No, no, no. Not, not for the regular season. I don't think you so can, either. You can't. Like, it's not... It's, it's, I mean, as much as, as cool as it is that, you know, the NCHC is doing that, that's going to be awful for those kids. Yeah. Um, and, like, you're doing, you got to keep up with your schoolwork. In the bubble, you're only with your team. So, like, that's, like, just from going away on, like, hockey tournaments in the high school and middle school. Like, you know, it's, you're distracted the entire time. And you're, you're mm-hmm. with your teammates. So, you just want to, like, just hang out and do stuff. And, but, no, you got to go to Zoom class or... I mean, it's it's gonna be tough, and I don't understand how. Well, I do understand how, how you do it, and I mean, it it seems to be working, and I hope it keeps going well. But it's it's just gonna be hard, and I don't know if that's feasible for all these schools in hockey East. Yeah, if you're if you want to guarantee that the season happens and that you're able to play all your games and nothing goes wrong, chances are the bubble's the best way to do it. But there's so much more with college hockey then maybe meets the eye like the professionals you know and nhl can get away with it because their players the players are being paid to be there essentially right that's that's their occupation I mean, they, weren't in the, they technically weren't in the I playoffs guess, but yes true. they make more money you know based on how they play whatever even if it's not even just through their nhl contracts like press sponsorships and all that i'm sure they make money by doing these things college hockey players right now would not make money Nothing. by going to a bubble so these kids they're going away from their classes they're going away from you know girlfriends friends whatever family to do these bubbles and it's not just a couple of weeks like it might be for the you know national tournament if that's what they the choose to do season. it's a whole season through the holidays everything yeah i mean are they, can't ask I don't know how it works. are they in the bubble are they in the bubble through the holidays that's gonna be horrible they'll probably keep playing they'll probably play on the 26th you know like it's it, it just yeah. I mean, hockey on. East has games on the twenty sixth, which is a little surprising to me. But yeah, well, they'll have to quarantine through the holidays, right? Like that, they, they can't be anywhere. There's no way they can go home. Just, they'll be on campus. Yeah. I don't know. There's just so much more. Like yeah, like with college like Greg, hockey. So. Like Greg Carville talked about it. You know, like last week, the team, the athletic teams are the only people left on campus. You know, normally when that's the case, you know, they're doing team dinners, going out to eat, and all these team activities, and they can't do that. They can only yeah. go to the rink and imagine just be at least you're able to go on the college campus, you know, go to the dining hall, um, get takeout, go to your like hang out your dorm. And, but there you're just stuck at the bubble. Yeah, you're just stuck so. there. It's, it's the rink, your room and I guess take out from the dining hall. I don't think it would have been reasonable. And there's so many other reasons that could be financial or, you know, location. Like, where do you do this? How do you, you know, pay for it? Yeah, How do you I rationalize mean, that with all your schools? Like, so, there's just so many reasons not to do it. So I'm glad so they did. So did they pick Omaha? Is Omaha all remote? Is that why they picked it? I have no idea. I mean, that has to – I could be wrong. This is – I don't know. But, like, that has to be the only way it can work, to have that many teams taking up that many housing unless you put them in a hotel. Um, yeah. I mean, well, like hockey is like, pretty much every pretty much teams in a hotel. Yeah, I guess. 
That's expensive, though, you know? Do you have the money to throw around for this? How does that work into the Title IX thing, Patrick? <laughs> we exactly. took a class on that. I don't know how that all works out with the budget. Um, anyways, you want to talk about some of these uh, these things that happened in Hockey East over the last week that wasn't BU sure. getting dominated by UConn? Sure. Sure. Northeastern uh, back in action this weekend on both sides of the of the league. Yes, and that was good to see. You know, not a Northeastern guy, obviously. They've caused some major hot heartbreak in uh, you know BU fans like myself, but it's more fun when Northeastern's in Hockey East, both women's and men's. Like their teams just bring something different, and you know it's they're fun to watch. Okay, they're fun to watch. I wish I couldn't admit that, but they are. I mean, yeah, Grandpa Zach Solo out there. <laughs> he's been good too. Like, yeah, I mean, of course he's been good. He's always been good. He's thirty um, years old. <laughs> no, Grant Josephek's thirty years old. Yeah, um, both of them. Yeah, uh-huh. but I mean, it's it's good to see you know the leagues again. Like we said, hopefully getting a groove on here. Um, and on the men's side, last last weekend, you know, UMass Lowell back in action, Maine back in action, New Hampshire back in action. You had a lot of teams playing their first games of the season last week. Um, Northeastern included, and then on the women's side, you know, Maine resumed. Um, Merrimack women's played their first games. Um, I believe same thing with Northeastern. So it's it's good to see most teams back in action. Um, I don't know if there are any games in specific that that caught your eye. I know you mentioned how yeah. uh, Northeastern saw BC's twelve goal weekend and raised them a fourteen goal weekend. But you know, you outscore Merrimack fourteen to five, a team that's expected to finish in the bottom of the conference, whereas BC mm-hmm. beat Providence, mm-hmm. a ranked team, twelve to nothing combined. I'd take the twelve nothing over a ranked opponent. Yeah, it's true. It shows the defensive dominance as well. But I don't think anybody expected fourteen goals out of Northeastern this weekend. We said oh, that no. you know losing Tyler Madden and and, and whoever else well, also, <laughs> escaping me right now. Like they they lost some firepower. Who who expected them to make that up so quickly? You know. I mean, you also brought in some pretty some pretty sweet um, freshmen. You know, um, I think actually um, Colangelo's at the World Juniors right now, so he yeah, wasn't involved. Yeah. But I mean, Jordan Harris. The bane of my existence is still a, an incredible, an incredible prospect on the blue line, and he has two goals and one assist in one game. I think he added some more points in the next game. Mm. Um, you know, Grant Josephek's back. Riley Hughes had a solid freshman season last year. Same thing with Aiden McDonough, Neil Shea, Zach Solo. You know, they're they're a deep team, and as much as I like said they might take a step back, who knows? Who knows? Mm. It was not good for our Merrimack take, though. We want Merrimack to look good this year, and they did not this You know past who weekend. still looks good? My guy, Alex Jeffries. Yeah, I'm, all, yeah. I'm, I'm all in on Alex Jeffries. I know I'm, we, mentioned him in the league, we mentioned him in the league preview. You know, this is a guy who's coming in with a pretty nice junior resume. We don't know how it might translate. So far, it's, it's great. I think he has um, three goals in four games with mm-hmm. – uh, not sure how many assists, but he's definitely over a point per game. And the goals have all been pretty nice. Kid's got a decent shot. Yeah, um, there are some really exciting freshmen, whether it's Jeffries or Ambrosio at BC or all these kids you mentioned at uh, at Northeastern uh, or, you know, Cam Gendron coming out of nowhere for New Hampshire with that goal. That was the goal of the week for me. You see that? Yeah, oh, just my God. bullying. bullying just, man. He killed a man, and then he took another man's soul, and then he sniped it past the goal. It was unreal. New Hampshire won 6 Six to two that game over Maine. Um, Maine's having some offensive trouble so far. Which, I mean, uh, I we guess, expected that though. Well, we thought they'd have goalie trouble. Hasn't really been the issue. They just are not. I mean, they've always, at the we, lamp. 
we expected the offensive trouble to continue from the last few seasons because okay, the thing was Jeremy Swayman never had any run support. Good they, point. They won well, one nothing, two one, sometimes three two. But you know Jeremy Swayman and like when they were losing his first two seasons, again it was losing two one, one nothing because he this kid had zero run support. Yeah, well, main struggles and uh, and BC's dominance have been really our only correct predictions so far on the men's side. Um, Providence the, got their first win over UMass Lowell, so that's good. Yeah. But, By the way, Jordan Harris specifically had two goals, three assists, five points in two games on the weekend. <laughs> Alex Jeffrey is, so far yeah. has three, two, and five through four games. Hmm. Wow. There you go. And we've had some... Uh, so, well, not so lopsided scorelines on the women's side, actually. Uh, none more than four goals, I think. Oh, no, the first very first game, BC put up six over New Hampshire. But otherwise, it's been yeah, fairly when, close in uh, women's hockey East. BC yeah, I mean, beat Northeastern on Sunday. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, I mean, I think BC's better than what a lot of us gave them credit for. <laughs> Me, um, yeah. And me to a certain extent, you know, I said, Aaron, uh, what's what's her name? Uh, Maddie McCarthy can't really stop a beach ball, uh, but she's been okay. And then Abigail Levy comes in. She she's one and one, uh, made thirty two saves in that win against Northeastern. Um, so again, she's like, I believe she was one of the better goaltender transfers out there this season, and she's doing okay. Yeah, I guess so. Um, any other really takeaways? I didn't watch those Northeastern women's games like I watched the Northeastern men's games, so I can't really say much about them. Um, but you yeah, know, the score oh. lines tell you that they didn't really start that impressively. But like we said, BC, well, they did win 4-1, I guess, on Friday before losing 2-1 on Sunday. So, Right. Also, Maine, um, Maine with a sweep of New Hampshire after you know BU just split with New Hampshire. Maine goes in after a month off just about and uh, and takes two games. So. I mean, Ida Cupola is nasty. She is. She's... And that goalie too. I've been impressed by Lauren Porter. Talked with her on the Inside Hockey East podcast this week, and uh, she's been looking good too. Yeah, nine fifty four I mean, save percentage, one six something I think goals against average. She's been good. Yeah, I'm not sure of Maine's record. Um, I think one or three and one I believe at this point. Um, but Ida Kubla has four goals in four games. Wow. Just and they're Backpack. all kind of they're all they're all highlight reel. Like that, 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 that release, backpack. that release, that shot, it's effortless. It's I don't yeah. know, crazy to me the amount of talent uh, there. But Abigail Levy for BC, so far through three appearances, two starts, nine thirty eight and one ninety one. Hmm. Wow. Alrighty. Let's, I'd like let's compare that to Maddie MacArthur's numbers real quick. Go ahead. I'm also looking so, at the standings now because we have standings. Like we now do. we don't have to worry about the flex games. Like everything's towards the standings, and it is interesting some of it. Yeah, Very so interesting. Yeah, um, and also we have three and one on the record for Maddie MacArthur, a nine twenty one and a two fifty seven. So I'd say that's that's average, slightly above average save percentage, below average goals against. Her goals against has always kind of been high, um, but again, that's way better than I expected out of her this year. I think she was low nines, maybe even high eights last year. It was not a good wow. year for her last year. Um, hmm. So, yeah, all right. credit to her. 
Well, yeah, why don't we close out with a quick look at the standings here. We'll start on the men's side, I guess. BC at the top, like you'd expect, with 14 points in six games. Uh, and then it's quite a drop-off to UMass with seven points, so half of BC's uh, also in six games. Northeastern with six, UConn with six, uh, but that's Northeastern through two games. So, like, their points percentage or whatever points per game is 1,000 right now. Um, yeah, so... Uh... Whatever. Three point. I don't know what the math is there, but... Yeah, so like, the work, points though? percentage will will even itself out as teams actually play games. I think. Um, okay. Right, well, right now, it's like it's like the beginning of of the season in the NHL. You know, like through the first three games, Brian Boyle scores like two goals, five <laughs> assists, and all yep. of a sudden he's the points leader, and everybody's like, "Whoa!" But by the by the True. end of the year, he only scores like four more points. You know. Um, True. Well, then you go UConn, New Hampshire, Providence, Merrimack, Maine. Again, these are all teams with like two three or four games played so you can't take much out of it and then uh bu and vermont are actually ahead of umass lowell who has one loss in one game whereas bu and vermont have yet to play yeah uh, women's side providence is leading patrick look out for the friars 16 points in six games uh that's better than uh, bc men 14 and 6 providence uh undefeated still 16 and 6 bc yeah, then. providence got that pity point bc did not um in their huh? one loss Oh, that's oh, right. Overtime Providence loss. tied and got and got the the pity point. That's right. That's a thing now. That's true. Maine no, it's always a third. thing. You always get you always get one point for a tie, regardless. Well, I guess, but like losing the game but still getting a point is rare in hockey East, or is it not? When they go to OT, do they still get a point? Yeah, they do. Yeah, they do. Back. Okay, uh, my brain is a pretzel right now. Um. Actually, but, okay, never mind. Huh. I'm actually a little lost because, you know, it's only six games, but they have 16 points. The five wins, two points. Oh, no, it's is it three? It's three It's three wins or three points for a win in hockey. So I just totally, I just thought of the NHL. It's three points for a win in hockey. So, yeah, 16. Yeah. yeah. College of optional math. But there we go. There you go. Well, then um, we have uh, Maine, Holy Cross, UConn, Merrimack, and then some that have barely played Northeastern, uh, BU, three points in three games, um, and then New Hampshire, three points in six games. Vermont hasn't played yet, so they're last. But we're looking at a lot of a lot of teams are playing now. Only three teams across both leagues, men's and women's, have yet to play. So that's There's encouraging. There's going to be one after this weekend. Is it really? Yep, Vermont is back that's this tough. weekend, and BU men will be the only ones left. Yeah, it's disappointing. Like to take it all back to the the, the namesake of the show. Like BU has had kind of the worst luck here. Um, you know, the, the, the built-in late start, followed by the COVID test within the team. Well, and UVM's canceling before that. UVM like, canceling before that. Then they get the positive test, so they lose three games there with UConn and then UMass. Ugh, not good for the BU not men. Not good. But not you hope good. that 2020 will be better, because everything was going well until they just had one test literally days before a game. How does that happen? <laughs> uh, I know how it happens. It was just, how did it happen literally two days before? Or whatever it was. Yep. All right, Patrick. 35 I think, minutes. I think we can take it home. Oh, please take it home, Patrick. Well, again, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can find me on Twitter, as always, at PatDon12. Brady is obviously on Twitter, at BradyDGardner. WTB Sports on Twitter, at WTB Sports. And let's get the website, sites.bu.edu slash WTBU slash sports. Oh, um, Maybe there you I go. Think. But again, if that it's wrong, good. just 
if it, if I'm wrong, just Google WTD Radio. It's all there. I promise you. But I think that does it for us. I don't know how many more shows we're gonna have in the next two three weeks because there's no oh. BU hockey um, hmm. at all. Um, I guess if we want to look at obviously no nah, no BU players in the World Juniors aside from I guess Trevor Zegers technically. Um, huh. But that's a good point there. <laughs> Might be a quiet, a uh, quiet three weeks here for the. Could be a little holiday break from school and a little holiday break from the program. But whenever we see you next time, thank you so much for listening. And I already said we'll see you next time, so see you next time. Mm-hmm.